Welcome back to Hand on the Line podcast, episode 15. I'm your host, Taylor Boggs, and I'm joined by our favorite and only guest, Dr. Looney. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me back, man. It's uh, number three. I'm excited. Yeah, I know you might as well just host this thing together. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the way the uh, sports world's going right now, it's all about mental health and stuff like that. So, you know, I like to do my research and I have school and everything, but I also like to consult with experts. And I do consider you that. I mean, as long as you're not offended by that term. No, I'm not triggered at all. Okay. Okay. And I noticed the Atlanta Falcon shirt. I take that's from your brother-in-law. That's right, man. That's right. I'm a, I'm a dirty bird this year. And, you know, they got a win last week. That was a good game. So, yeah, I'm supporting. I'm supporting Atlanta. I got so a his... hat, too. See? I like I to think. It. Because I was wearing this ensemble today while I was at the schools running around. Because, you know, it's Halloween week and everything. And uh, I like to think that I'm the uh, the offensive coordinator from that 2016 year, you know, back whenever they went to the Super Bowl. The difference is I'm from a different dimension. So we actually ran the ball in the fourth quarter and won the game. All I heard was you blew a 28-point lead. Uh, <laughs> no, so, well, his, his brother-in-law was my college roommate and my – running back a caucasian running back but he was pretty fast man he was strong and he had a couple he had a lot of hundred yard uh hundred yard games his senior year he was good guy he was david looney's roommate too and or dr looney's roommate at one time and now they're brother-in-laws that's i'm sure that's as awkward as everyone thinks it is hey we're familiar now (laughs) okay so i'd give everyone just an idea of what we were talking about let me turn this light on I'm messing up. Hold on. There. I want everyone to see my real color. I asked my son, who's who's mixed, I asked him, what color am I? You know, because I wanted to hear if he thought I was white. He said I was the color of oatmeal. I was like, yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, that was just, that was uh, yesterday. He said I was the color of oatmeal. I Can, said, we what about- that? Can we say that we're oatmeal color? Yeah, I'm oatmeal. No. I said, what oatmeal. is mommy? And then I go, she, he said, mommy was a uh, hot chocolate. So she was hot chocolate. Well, you know, and her hot and the hot chocolate he's used to, we put a little milk in it. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. a little lighter, right? It's like a shaking of you who, uh, anyways. So basically I asked Dr. Looney to come on. I wanted to talk to him, not specifically, but, um, talk to him about the topic of, uh, Lane Johnson. We all know, he is a all-pro, Pro Bowl right tackle, makes a lot of money, uh, really good player, high-level player. He came in my year. I believe that was 2011, so he's been in the league a long time, and he had to take uh, some time off for personal issues. He was gone for a few weeks. Uh, he later came out and said it was his anxiety and depression that he's been dealing with for a long time, and uh, he came back, and he had a really good game this past week versus the Raiders, so I wanted to talk to Looney about that. And then the other thing I said, you know, I threw some topics out there and I said, whatever he wants to talk about. So um, if you know me, I'm not huge on the content because I'm too much of a rambler to do that. And, and I did content in my old work and it was, it was, uh, it was just boring. It was just, I just see stiffness. So we'll just get this going. Uh, I'll go specifically. So actually, did you look into the sub? Did you look into anything about Lane Johnson? I read a couple articles. The thing was, is that it wasn't really specific on like treatment or anything that he was actually taking. Cause that's what I was kind of, 
more interested in was what kind of treatment was he getting? Was he seeing a doctor? Was he taking any drugs on it? You know, like an SSRI or something. Um, right. Because, you know, th- th- those things are important, especially if you're dealing with some severe anxiety and depression, which is what he's saying. So, right. you know, and in the articles, they just kind of talk about it, but they don't get into those specifics as much. And they start bringing up other things. And of course, they, they bring up other issues surrounding mental health in that whole culture and the NFL culture and whatnot. And I mean, you know, as well as anyone, you know, it's uh, the machismo of the machismo, you know, yeah. culture wise. Yeah, I think so. The, on the outside, you get a lot of speculation uh, about the mental health. And, you know, a lot of journalists like to write about it, but it, it gets such a political stance that I can't freaking stand it. And, and I'm just being honest, right? Because I'm, yeah. and that's just me with my bias, having lived it, have, having seen it. This is my question, okay? And again, you've said this. This is a good problem that we're having because we're having a discussion. At the end of the day, and we have to admit this, the NFL is having discussions about mental health, right? Yes. But they, it is a business and it is about performance. So mental health, they'd rather not deal with it. They're like, hey, it's here. Um, you know, whether their intentions are genuine or they're just capitalizing on something that the country's dealing with, I'm not going to get into that. I don't know their intentions. I don't, you know, I don't think it's some evil empire. Maybe it is, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I would say this for someone that's not Lane Johnson, they're not all pro. They don't make the team better. This is not something they can talk about and say, Hey, I need a couple of weeks off because I'm having mental health issues. Cause what they're going to be told is, Oh, well, you're going to have a lot more than a couple of weeks off because you're cut. Right. That's what, the, that's what someone the 53rd man, that's what he's going to be told. That's what the practice squad player is going to be told. Hey, you're cut. Unfortunately, hopefully you get the help you're looking for. Maybe I'll give you a number. Maybe you should talk to your NFL PA reps, but you're not getting two weeks off if you're not that guy. So we're talking about people that are maybe stuck in the environment that triggers this dysfunction, triggers the anxiety, triggers the depression. What do they do? Because they don't, the majority don't get to do what Lane Johnson did. And I'm not bashing him right like if anything i'm saying he's earned that not everyone's earned that what does somebody do that is not they're, they're stuck in the environment that triggers them yeah it's almost like <clears throat> whenever you're saying it, it sounds almost like they have to suffer in silence because if they say something they're not high enough on that totem pole to actually be able to say something they're going to get cut and they're going to lose their job and that only adds to the anxiety, right? That they yeah. Now it's like perpetuating outside of football, like oh, exactly. Uh, one of the things I was looking, I was looking through. Really, I was looking at some curriculum that we use for for kids, and it you can kind of generalize some of it. And I'm going to throw up some of this on on here. This is for the younger kids. The cat project. The cat project. Okay, and these are actual curriculums that we use here in the schools. And so as I'm giving you some of these examples here, you know, I want, I want you guys to kind of see that the actual curriculum. Like we got one here on relaxation. Okay. And it's a session that you would go through. The main point of this is like, if someone is actually having some anxiety or depressive symptoms, you need to talk to somebody. And that might be privately. Maybe we, maybe there needs to be something set up so that they privately can go and actually, you know, talk to someone and get the help. But, you know, you always look it up, the deep breathing exercises, 
you know, the changing your thought patterns, those are all things to help you with those triggers and those symptoms, right? So being able to anticipate your symptoms, all right? So if your symptoms are, my heart is racing, you have brain fog, you might need to actually move. You know, a good one if, you're, if your heart's racing is some of those relaxation techniques for the deep breathing. And there's all different kinds of ways to do the deep breathing. You know, they tell you the numbers, right? Breathe in for four, hold it for two. It's a cadence, right? Yeah, it, and but the, you got to look at the function of it. The function of it is to get your mind off of what's going on internally, right? So yeah. the function is for you to focus on your breathing and focus on that number. And you do this, you know, for a minute, five minutes, however long you need until you can kind of regain that focus. Conversely, the same thing would be like if you feel like you have to move if you're antsy, because sometimes those anxiety, remember we were talking uh, last week a little bit about how anxiety symptoms and ADHD symptoms have a tendency to overlap and look very similar. Yeah, right? yeah. Th- that you, you took there. me down a rabbit hole, by the way. Oh, good. oh nice. <laughs> nice. But okay, so I got, I got one right here. So I got a little brain and it's one of those squeeze things, those squeeze balls. So yeah. I can sit here. If I was feeling anxious, right, just had to squeeze something, I can sit here and do this. Now, the same thing is going to work here with the breathing. I can sit here and hold it for a count of two, count of three, whatever it is that I want to do. But you practice that, let it go, and then switch. You keep on doing this. This can get your mind off of you having your hand move or you're tapping your foot, you know, something like that, right? Um, so that's kind of, those are just a couple of those little tricks with the anxiety there. Um, so, so well, let me recap this. So, so for starters, uh, well, one question you would say, these are to mitigate the, the symptoms, the acute symptoms when they happen, yes. you had the trigger. So it's not addressing the problem, but this is, we're talking about you're in the football building and you're having these things. This is important. This is, a, these are important tools to have. Yeah. Like we're a film okay. study, something like that. I got to so, I got to regain my focus right now. So number two, like we have almost like these, you have a trigger and let's say you're not aware of it and you have a subconscious response to this trigger because you could, we can make the argument. That's what they are, right? Like you have your uh, physiological response. We talk about parasympathetic, sympathetic responses, fight, flight, all these type of things. Your response to coping with a trigger you're unaware of could be tapping your foot. Would that just kind of exasperates that anxiety right so you're saying we're switching we're switching it we're becoming more aware and switching it to to take our mind and our subconscious off of the the, uh the trigger yes does that make sense yes okay okay go ahead go ahead i'm just okay so another one is it's those thought patterns right a lot of times we're getting these thoughts and they might be negative they might be irrational we need to make sure we address those thoughts so we're talking, would this be like automatic thoughts? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, that, that's the real crux of the, the, any of the therapies, right? I mean, like we just talked about it. I just gave you an example of something that's more acute, but to address the chronic symptoms and what's causing it, you need to actually get and talk to somebody. You need to actually right. sit down and write down what your triggers are. Write okay. down, what are these thoughts that I'm having? Are they irrational? Are they rational? Most of the time, they're really negative. They're irrational. And you got to gotta rewire, right? You got to have more positive self-talk. You got to have a, a different kind of a focus. And you got to anticipate that I'm probably going to be feeling like this. What's my plan? And then you have to practice it. It's almost like 
it's like anything else. I, you have to practice that the deep breathing techniques in order to get good at them. Because then whenever you do have that panic attack, you, you've mastered that skill, right? It's just like, you're not going to run a play in the game that you've never practiced before. It's the same right. concept here. That, that, that's, that's a really powerful point. And I think that this was my confusion with the Lane Johnson thing, right? Yeah. Is that when, you, when we have anxiety or depression, we think, and, and I'm not saying we, I'm not saying the profession, I'm saying society right now, more so than I've ever experienced in my life, is that they say, and, and I'm not trying to shame, it's not my intention to shame anyone right now, is that, but they say is, you're having anxiety or depression, what triggers you, it's like, hey, get away from it. Get as far away from you can, protect them from what triggers them. And to me, I'm like, that just makes it worse. If we're just protecting them and, and constantly like, oh, avoidance and this and that. What you're saying is, hey, you need exposure. You need to practice these things. So when it, like at a lower level, you practice these breathing techniques. So when you're in like the thick of it, you've been there before. You're not saying run away from these things. But you're also not saying suffer in silence. Exactly. You you can't expect the cure to pro the problem if you're always running away. It's not yeah. going to work. Now, and, you know, you got to have that mindset, too. You want to try to attack it like we would. Oh, you know, we have a big game coming up on Sunday or, yeah. Saturday or Friday I, night. I mean, like if we have weak hamstrings, we go do deadlifts, right? That's we right. don't go, we don't avoid training the hamstring, right? Do sprints and deadlifts. Sprints and deadlifts, right? But that would be my cue, max velocity sprints, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, this is a good point, though. I think I read it in a book, but they called it the great lies. What doesn't, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Because you know the, uh, the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like, and I mean, I get it, we're, it's hyperbole and this and that, but mm -hmm. it's, we, we've switched as a society to what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. I don't, it's not true. Like you're, you get more robust and uh, anti-fragile through, through the exposure. Yeah. And, okay. So then here's, here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you an example and I'm not bashing the NFL. I'm not that guy, right? I, I love football. I love the NFL. I get the, the, the BS in the culture. I think that the extremes of the old school culture have, have caused like the extremes of this more modern culture where it was like, both are wrong. I think there's this gray area in the culture that, you know, people are figuring out, but it's not the military and it's not, Oh, just avoid the triggers. You know what I mean? If, if that makes sense, I say this all the time. I said it in a podcast, one extreme begets another that's football culture in a nutshell right now. But so I had a friend that was depressed as a professional football player. He was drafted, uh, wasn't panning out was always having good preseasons, never got his starting job, but he, he was having depression and anxiety and he spoke to someone, right? But he spoke to the team counselor, which we all have team psychologists, team counselors, something along those lines. Like there's a, there's a clinician in there. There's a professional in there. And he said he was suicidal. Well, under the code of ethics, you have to let someone know, right? Mm -hmm. if someone's, if someone's either going to uh, oppose a, a Imposes a threat to themselves or someone else, right? You're obligated to break confidentiality in that, that instance, yes. So the person they broke confidentiality to, and I, I think you could make an argument for this from an ethical standpoint, from a code of ethics, 
they broke that confidentiality to the GM and the head coach. Okay. I guess the argument you can make for this is that, hey, you don't want someone killing themselves in your building. We, we need to be aware of what's going on. I'm, I'm sure um, – well, I need more context with it, but I'm sure there's other people that they could have spoken I'm not, to. I'm not supporting this. I'm, I'm, yeah, if, right. at, the very, at the very least, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yes. But, but, but because of things like that, so like in the NFL, people don't want to talk to their – uh, the, the counselor on the team. And this is a true, this is a true story. I'm not making this up, but I'm yeah. not going to say the name, obviously, right? Of course. Um, but, it, I mean, that's the NFL. We're kind of like, and the NFL guys are like, hey, what, whatever's at our uh, disposal, we're going to get, we're going to go to that as easy as the path of least resistance. It's so easy today to find someone to talk to because you can Zoom meeting anything, right, for a professional athlete. Yeah. But, um, at a high school level, you'd mentioned it before. You have a, you talk to your school counselor. They have at least a, uh, you know, a, a, a basic understanding of counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you, or, or like in your school's case, you're, you have a school psychologist, which is probably going to be the norm in the future. So you have your school psychologist in college. There's all, there's tons of, you know, things that are offered on campuses, right? Yeah. So that's first thing is you got to find someone to talk. Definitely. And I, I, I <clears throat> school psychologists are like the ratio of how many students to per school psychologist is very, very high. Right. It's there's more kids like we need more school psychologists. We need more counselors. Yeah, I agree. More mental, mental health clinicians that are there. Uh, I mean, if I was at, if I was at like a actual district district, you know, I work for the county. So I, I have multiple schools. But if I was at one district. I'm pretty sure I would try to put myself out there to the coaches and say, Hey, I'm available if, if, you know, players need me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there, you know, that's hard to ask because there's so many other psychologists that are already bogged down with work. They have enough cases that they're dealing with and a lot of them aren't sports orientated. I mean, the, I'm, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people that have played sports in my field. It's mostly right you know, they're, they're academically minded and, you know, we were jocks. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, th- so that's, that, that'd be like the key is you'd expect the school counselor to at least have like local resources that they could kind of uh, refer kids to and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. And, you know, in the NFL's case, this might be a, a way to get more private, therapists in working with people that way you know something like that gets handled a little bit differently like with your friend Um, yeah I don't know I don't know if that's the best turnout right but you know something needs to get done something will likely get done just because it's you know as I've coined as I called it you know it's a positive problem you know it's a problem it it is yeah no I think that's a great way of putting it I think like too you know me I don't got much not a lot to great to say about agent the profession of agents right there's a lot of good guys out there but like your agent what do they really do the market kind of sets itself the draft contract i don't want to get into that but a good agent almost by the standards or they handle handle injuries well which means your team x-rays you they send it to a second opinion sometimes they have a relation with a third opinion in my view 
they have a relationship with doctors for the body. They should probably have a relationship with counselors too. Uh, and this is something college guys, NFL guys, when you're, when you're uh, picking an agent, that's something you'd want to say, hey, do you, you know any counselors that if I'm dealing with something in season that I could talk to? Because I don't feel comfortable talking to my team counselor. Uh, I think that that discomfort of talking to your team counselor is real. And I, I, I'd be too paranoid to do it myself, right? But uh, it's a cop-out in today's day and age to not speak to someone in general. Like, you got to find other options out there, in my opinion, unless I'm just being too hard on it. Oh, definitely. And, you know, people are looking to get things fixed very quickly, right? If we got DBT, yeah. we got to do it on the fly. We got to get yeah. this, we got to get this handled now. Everybody is under a sense of urgency. So, uh, you know, the market could have uh, have an opening for, for services like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, OK, so kind of get back on topic because we're we're, we're kind of coming up with solutions to a problem like that we'll see if that ever happens. Hopefully it does. You know what I mean? Uh, so, okay, let's talk about these triggers. Uh, it, I'll give you some examples of triggers that I've either had or I, players I work with have, right? Mm-hmm. So, they, But it always, you're right. They're, they're, they're uh, one of like the, I guess it'd be a lagging indicator is their heart rate starts racing. Like that's, that'd be the lagging indicator, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, so you're going into a meeting, you're watching your practice film. Uh, now, if you're freaking out watching about a, watching a film that already happened, that's not that's not the end of the world, right? You would think, but I think the implications of that is your next performance is going to be bad because of that, because of how you're uh, at least receiving the information from. Uh, okay, so. We know we get triggered. Let's say, let's say, hey, hey, Dr. Looney, I know I get triggered every time we go to watch our practice film. And uh, as soon as the coach, you know, goes, good job, left tackle, good job, left guard, Boggs, I just start freaking out. Even if it's good or bad, my heart rate's through the roof and I just need the session to end, okay? When do I start doing, let's say, my breathing exercise? In I there would, is that? Oh, go ahead, my bad. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. You finish yours. I would say, do I do it in there? Do I do it prior? I, I would advise to do it prior. Okay. My my thinking with that would be, you wanna you wanna get your mind ready for what you're gonna have to deal with because you know you're gonna have to deal with criticism, and that's always a trigger for anybody, right? Yeah. You know, you're unless you're just a sociopath. Yeah, right. You know, you might have to, you know, you're going to get yelled at. You might get praised a little. You might want to try to look for those praises a little more, right? You might want to hold on to those. Maybe even write them down. That could be a strategy. What were the good things coach said about me? And you write them down. Which which as athletes, what do we do? We just bash ourselves in our notes. Right? You suck. Pass the effing game off, you loser. You should see my notes. (laughs) Yeah, right? We were there. Your feet aren't good enough. You didn't move that you didn't do this, right? We no are affirmations. No, there's no affirmations, <laughs> right? We, we don't live in that world. So I would advise, Hey, make sure. And, and you could even write that down. You could set it up with the kid or, or whoever you're working with. You have a worksheet for stu- uh, for film study. What were the good things that you did and what do you need to work on? 
There we you, go. You gotta make sure, but we always tie it like that, work on. They're, they're so that's like an opportunity because it's an opportunity. It's, it's not, I suck. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not an outcome. It's an opportunity. So like, I love that. Okay. So let's just say this, you do your breathing techniques prior. Yes. Now the interesting thing is that you can kind of communicate with your heart and your brain through your breath. It's probably, you know, it's, and it's the only, those are the only two organs you could do that with. Right. Mm-hmm. Every organ is just receiving feedback. It's receiving signals. Uh, but communication in your heart and brain can happen through your lungs, right? Happen through your breath work, happen through uh, a breath cadence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can literally manage your physiology. You can manage your, your stress just through breath work. It's, and it's simple and it's free. It's not a pill. You know what I mean? A, a lot of athletes would be nervous about taking pills. Uh, yeah. But that's a great start, okay? So you've done that prior. Now, in your notes, and I and, and if these, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I thought this note thing is brilliant. You you put you you really worded as saying opportunities or things to work on, which that, that gives you a light in the tunnel. It sounds silly, but we're nut jobs. We're head cases. We're in a we're we're football athletes. You're you're out of your mind. You're playing something that's intense. We're incredibly passionate about what we're doing. Right. And, and uh, you're in a culture where it's just about the, the end product, right? It's not about the process. They say that till they're freaking blue in the face. Process over outcome. Da-da-da. Bullshit. Do you win your one-on-ones and do we win the game? That's the honest truth. So a lot of this is on the athletes. We have to prepare the athletes. We can't change the culture overnight. You can prepare the athletes for the culture, though. So it sounds ridiculous. I guarantee the implications will be amazing. You put on the thing, what I did well on half the sheet and write that big, 75% of the sheet, and then, and then put another line on the other side, opportunities, what to work on. This means you can get better. This gives you growth. And, and you write it in, in that way. Don't be so hard on yourself in your notes. Hey, I can improve my, my footwork on my back block. Do this. Well, I got another another thing for that, for the opportunities. I, I would only focus on two or three aspects, maybe even keep cut it down to two. Okay, let me explain. Okay. There's, there's always a ton of things that we can work on to get better. This in the gym, there's always kinds of different lifts, different, different techniques. We could go across the board and come up with like 100 different variables that we could get better on in order right. to become a better player. Really? We got another game coming up. We need just to focus on two of those things. Just focus on two of them. Whenever I'm working with my teachers and we're trying, uh, for instance, right now, we're working on some classroom management strategies. Right. Because there's behaviors that are coming up in with the whole, with the kids, but it can be addressed through, through the classroom and how it's structured. And I just tell the, the teachers, focus on two things that you think you can you can do? What are these two interventions that we worked on that you think you can implement right now? Because we talked about five or six of them, but we only need to focus on two. And then once you master those two things, then we can move on. So for this week, if maybe, you know, your footwork was bad, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on footwork this week. I'm going to really make sure, you know, I'm, I'm kicking back, you know, on that 45 or I'm stepping through on this one. And then the next one might be, uh, you know, visuals where 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 i'm reading and that's it right right two things 
That's all we got to do. Footwork and visuals. What 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 my pregame visual is. Who am I looking at? That's it. Okay. Those two no, things. That, that, that's you're, you're spot on because this is what Larry says every day. Uh, Larry Warford. I'm sorry. That's who I kind of go to because when it came to problem solving, decision making, and these things that are real skill, where you're 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 finding a solution to a problem, and then even when you found a solution, you're working to find a better solution and adapting. That was Larry. He would say, pick one thing, one thing to work on today, just one. And he would do that. And it could be something so small. It'd be something to tweak his stance or something with his hand, but every day. And I would say that this, we can eliminate like a lot of the, I'm going to keep trying to use the correct language, a lot of the opportunities by really like dumbing them down into categories. Okay. So like um, you can start off with, well, I was popping up because I was too low in my stance. So you could just say opportunity, work on stance, right? You don't have to do the whole play. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're playing high, was it because your stance was too low? You pop up, right? There's things like that. Or, or my feet were incorrect. It, there's, there's something we could really dumb it down to one or two categories, you know, in general, like how Dr. Looney's saying, Let's work on two things. We could probably dumb everything down that we're getting, you know, whether we're getting constructive criticism in films or to be honest, motherfucked in films by a coach, we could really dumb them down to a couple of things. So you have a couple opportunities, meaning it's not the end of the world. I don't suck. I'm not as good as I can be. That, 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 that gives hope. And we're, we're, and you don't believe it, but we are literalists especially as athletes, you know what I mean? We're just told what to do, when to do it, how to do it until we tell our, talk to ourselves, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would, I would have, how to have someone do, do the deep breathing exercises, have that sheet already kind of constructed and you already have a plan with which, how you're going to fill it out. And then uh, the other thing is too, you never want to be going at this alone. Talk to your teammates, talk to your friends. There's likely other people that are feeling the same way, but it has to be, you know, something trusted, right? I mean, I can't just go and, you know, you know, let, let Jimmy know who is, you know, fighting for the position. He might try to use that against me. Right? You, you gotta, you gotta have some trust in there whenever you're dealing with the, the mental health stuff. But if people know what you're going through and you can kind of get it off your chest, that might help it out a little bit because then you might find out that they're feeling certain things. They might have other ideas at which helps them to alleviate some symptoms and then you know you kind of have someone in in with you you know yeah and to that point just knowing you're not alone makes you believe you're not crazy or, or you know what i mean like uh remember i told you i didn't know what anxiety i say it all the time i had no clue what anxiety was and then like my trainer was telling me i got anxiety what the hell is this you know is this a, i think that's but, a real story for most of us man or, yeah you know, anyone right i mean you don't know what you know, what you don't know. Yeah. One of my friends who, who was like a really good player, really good. is like, that's what that's called. I have that all the time. You know, anxiety might as well have been a psoas muscle. To me. That, you know what I mean? I didn't know. I'm like, oh, where is it? You, can you get it massaged out? Can I put a stem on it? <laughs> but he, when I told him, like, he was like, that, that's what that's called. I have it all the time. I was like, oh, oh, good. I'm not alone. Right. It, it meant the world to me that someone else, uh, you know, was feeling something I feel. I didn't feel crazy. Right. 
th- th- that was the key. You know what I mean? I, I belonged again. You know, I wasn't just an outlier. You know what I mean? We all say, there's, uh, people would say like, hey, no, I could just do this on my own. Uh, we all like to be part of a group. It helps you make sense of the world. Just knowing that someone else was experiencing what I was maybe experiencing. And I don't think I had like acute or, or chronic anxiety by any means, but just knowing someone else, it just helped my, me under, give my world a little more meaning. I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. There's more of us, right? Yeah, and well, you know, we talk about how we're we're very much outcome based. You know, some they might have had different outcomes to where you know they kind of shove those anxiety feelings away because hey, look, I balled out last week, so I'm not going to worry too much this week, right? And so nothing really ends up getting addressed because of how well they perform. Yeah, no, exactly, but like it, it works till it doesn't, right? You yep. know what I mean? Like you're going to have a bad game at any level. You know what I mean? We've seen the best in the game get their asses kicked before. Yeah. Most of us are not the best in the game. So, you know what I mean? If you just got by, you're good, right? And then all of a sudden you have a bad game. You're set your part, you're probably set yourself up for like a worst, uh, a worst feeling. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got we got breathing techniques prior to things that trigger us, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to our triggers, we have breathing techniques. Um, we have you know, uh, a method for your notes, right? You have your, uh, what you did well, make sure you, make sure you fill that in. Uh, and then you have what you, uh, your opportunities. And then I was, I would ask another question because you mentioned squeezing that brain. Okay. So we're prepping our, we're prepping our heart and our uh, brain. We're putting ourselves in a parasympathetic state prior to that meeting. Okay. Right. That's where we, we did our breath work. I got my heart rate really low. I'm feeling good. I'm relaxed. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I really downregulate. I go to the meeting. I got my my first method of defense in this meeting. Right. And this is again, it's because you're not Lane Johnson. You, you don't have the option of just taking a, a sabbatical. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm in the meeting, which that's my trigger. Watching the film, I feel better, but I know some shit's about to happen. Now, can, is the breath work something you could do in the meeting to kind of mitigate the response? Or, you know, what, what's the other tool you had to squeeze? Uh, but I'm about to start freaking out again. I'm not, at, I'm not where I wanted to be. I'm not at my homeostasis. Now what? Yeah, do the breathing. Do the breathing. Do the squeeze ball. You could push down on the floor, like when you're sitting down in a chair, you can push down and kind of tense up your legs. There, there's a lot of different things that you can do. The main thing is that you plan and practice for that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is something. Now, this is me. All right. You know me. I'm a, I do some weird stuff, right? In the morning. I've been hitting this cold tub and it's cooling down in Arizona. Like it's 57 right now. Right. And I'm gonna hit that cold tub and I, I go, you know, I'm on, on under, take a deep breath. I go under, try to go for 30 seconds. Right. If I get 20, it's not the end of the world. And then I come out, but prior to going in there, I think it's something that bothers me. could be from the day before could be something that's bothering me a whole lot. I do something that puts me in an uncomfortable position. Right. Uh, I visualize it. 
And then when I come out of the water, I, I go right into my breath breathing techniques, right? What works for me is a five-second inhale and a 10-second exhale. Physiologically, okay, we could be like, it increases my CO2 tolerance. Uh, it should lower my heart rate. It could, it could speed people's heart rate up too. It could make them more stressed out, right? Because I'm doing a 10-second exhale. It could make someone freak out, think, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm, I'm losing my breath and they could freak out more. Like this is why it's individually based. You find a breathing pattern. So it's hard to just give you one straight out, but you can find them online. But anyways, I, I, I do something that, that triggers me. Think about something that triggers me. Like I, I, this morning, I do my homework with my, I do, or help my son with his homework every day. So I, um, yesterday, it was just a pain in the butt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated. I was thinking about that, like really visualizing it. I went into the cold tub. I came out doing the breathing technique and I'm fine. So t- today, cause my goal is to be like, just don't get frustrated. Cause if we're both frustrated. The work's not going to get done. Right. So that, if that makes sense, I'm literally like visualizing something that frustrates me. Is there any, uh, any uh, merits, something like that. No, I like that. And I kind of, I kind of forgot about a couple of these other things I want to bring up. Um, so the visualization piece. So you're already, you're visualizing what the trigger may be or the process or the outcome, right? Those are big things. And I think that's just priming your frontal lobes. I'm a frontal lobe guy. So I'm always no, yeah, 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 I'm too, man. Yeah. In frontal lobes. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what my dissertation was on. So I'm, I, I always, I think of it from that perspective. Uh, another thing that comes to mind that we didn't talk about, but we mentioned earlier was that positive self-talk. Right. You don't have to actually sit here and say this like out loud. And who was it? Was it Thug Rose before the fight that was saying that? I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the, the best. best. When, I, when I first saw that, I got so many I, goosebumps. I cried. No, I legit cried. No, for real, right? You get emotional because you actually feel it and you understand what's going on as athletes. And we know what she's doing right there. And like, you know, she's at a very high level. She's psyching herself out and she probably has some doubt right there, right? So they, they probably planned that. Let's just say, for instance, for the sake of our talk, they planned that out, you know, in her head. Like if you start having any self-doubt, this is the positive thing that you're going to say to yourself. This is the yeah. self-talk. You can do that. You know, so if you're in that meeting, you know, it can be any kind of a phrase that that you come up with that you think is going to help you. You practice it. You go. Into it's like your meeting. mantra. It is. Hey, the coach is reaming you because you missed the block and you know you missed the block. And it's the third quarter and the and the play's coming up and you know it is like it's going to be all right. I can learn from this. I can learn from this. I can learn. Yeah. From this. And you can say this in your head. Same thing if you're working with your son or something's getting frustrating, you know, you can have something that you say to yourself. You could even teach your kid that like, you know, it, 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 you can go at it together on certain things, right? This might be difficult, but we're going to find a solution. You know, we're going to find, where's the solution here? Where is that? You know, little things like that you can, you can say, and you can do. Yeah. I, I'll give you an example of like, so when I get, when I'm in a jitsu, right. I'm, I'm more talkative than most people. So it, 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 it could be offensive. So I have to kind of pick my battles, right? But when I'm rolling, I'm very talkative, which you could offend a black belt, right? Like if I pass them, I get excited and stuff. 
But when I get so what do you tired, say? What do you say when you pass their guard? Oh, I just I'm like, uh, you know, I just you know, I yell out, but I'll be like, give it to you know, like I'll be like, give it to me, give it to me. Like if they're not, you know, they got me like in a quarter guard, I'm about to get it through. You know what I mean? I just I do that, whatever. I get excited, especially if I if I really admire that athlete, right? Like, oh, I'm because I'm not doing it because I'm a, like I'm not doing it to like a white belt. I'm doing it because I really admire this person's skill. Yes. But when I get really exhausted, I do. I have mantras and I'm not going to share them, but I do have things that I say that I legit like. I think for the if I'm let's I you know I always try not to be sciencey, but what's what I'm getting is a you know like a dose of known epinephrine. It, it it just triggers me like it and I it, I'm I'm dead tired. I say this kind of like Doug Rose was saying, I'm the best. I get I get that spike that I need, and it's like a little boost, right? And I, I, I and I, sometimes I do this like I'm just dead before workouts, and I'll I'll jump in the cold tub for that reason before a workout, right? Which mm-hmm. you like you don't want to get cold before a workout, but I know the physiologically that it does. The first thing you get is an adrenaline spike, so it wakes me up. You know what I mean? So it gives me what I need to, to do a workout. So like sometimes I'll literally be like, oh, I'm dead trying to do this warm up. I drop my draws. I go to the cold tub and then I, you know, I dry off and I go back to Shabooms and now I'm ready to go. That's better than a coffee, right? I don't drink uh, coffee. You know what I mean? This is Zevia. It's coffee when you have a cold tub. Thank you. I'm trying to get the rest of it. You know, my son, he's a trooper. He'll jump in that motherfucker. Yeah. The rest of the family, yeah, hit or miss. But he's no, uh, <laughs> but I do, I do use things like that. I do have like mantras and things that I say to myself that I just know. I, I think I know myself pretty well because I've, uh, I've taken myself to uncomfortable situations, you know what I mean? Regularly. And, uh, I have a mantra that kind of gives me that boost. And I could see like, if you had a good coach, like, uh, or, or, or like a good plan, like for thug Rose, it's like, Hey, if you need this little boost, this is what you, this is what we're going to, we want you to say something that come up with a mantra that reminds you how good you are. She's dealt with mental health. Remember when she had that loss? She said, she was relieved when she lost her belt. She was relieved. It's so she's done with some stuff. Yeah. And she's just, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's speculation, but Hey, uh, the pressure, this, that she was relieved. So we didn't, she like, Hey, don't you deserve this. You need to remember, like, don't go thinking you don't deserve this. And I'm the best. I'm the best. God, God damn. That brought me to tears, bro. I watched that, and then when when her boyfriend, I think he's from Jersey or whatever, afterwards was like, "You're the best ever." Like, I, dude, I watched that a hundred freaking times. It, it's a great moment, and it's uh, it's just something again. That's just another tool in the toolkit to get you ready. I mean, we always talk about, you know, because we deal with sports and athletes. You know, there's always those people that are gifted that they can just kind of show up. They can handle business. Yeah. They're that, they're that gifted. But for the majority of us, we have to be trained. And we also yeah. have to remind ourselves that if you're trained to do something that you almost get that, that's a gift, right? I'm trained for it. I'm trained yeah. to handle this. Exactly. Health stuff can be the same way. I can get trained to handle my mental health. I can get trained in, in certain techniques to where I don't have to, I can alleviate these symptoms. So if you change that mindset a little bit, you know, then it makes it not so daunting. It's not such a big mountain. It looks more like a hill. And I've climbed a lot of hills. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. Okay. No, that's a good point. Okay. So let's summarize some of this. All right. Just so people don't, I'm, you know, um, prior, recognize your trigger. Okay. We gave the example of a meeting. You, you have something that uh, down regulates you prior to the meeting because you're prepping yourself because you know what that place does. To you. And then you have, a, we gave you, you know, a tool to kind of help you speak positively to yourself and not just get caught up in what you did wrong and look more at what you did uh, wrong as an opportunity. Uh, and then you have in that meeting as the, as the, you know, the stress rises using those, those techniques again. Right. Okay. And then the, so now um, that's just dealing with one trigger. Now, now, would you call that a mantra? The next thing we talked about, like how I kind of say it's a mantra. You have some yeah. phrase. You can have a mantra or a phrase. I mean, again, that's just like the breathing where it's something that can get my focus back. I might be focused okay. on something else that's going on. That focus, that mantra can bring me back, right? Okay. All right. I'm going to share mine with you. Screw that. Sure. Okay. When I got beat, okay, I, I'll give you context. 2013, I'm a storyteller. You know me. 2013, been out the league for a couple of years. I just got cut from the USFL in Sacramento. Not a lot of people know that about me. After I got cut from the Jets in Buffalo, I got cut from the USFL and the Arena Football League. Did you even know that about me? I did. You didn't tell me it. You didn't tell me you got cut. You told me you didn't. You, you just didn't show up because you didn't want to drive the 12 hour drive and then go and have to deal with it and all that. So you said, screw them. I, what a little yeah, I, didn't, I didn't dive deep into that, but I. What, what, I, I knew the road that you were taking was tough. And so whenever we would discuss things, I, I would just take it for what it was. And I was like, Hey, you know, just support it. Right. Like I was there for support. Like, Hey, right. logs, go do your thing, man. Well, what a little bitch I was. The truth is I went up to Sacramento. I made a drive and I got cut during camp. I was so ashamed. I, w I didn't go back home to, to shorty, my fiance. Mm -hmm. I drove up to freaking Humble and I stayed in Drew Peterson, my mentor's house with his son, Bryce. So this is 2012. I think Bryce just turned 22 or 23 today. I think he turned 23 today. So this is uh, nine years ago. He's like, what? I don't even know what age. The 14 years old. He did not shut up. He just asking me questions all night. It really got my head out of it. Like it, it saved me because, I, you know, just, just being with innocent Bryce Peterson, was a D1 center now. It saved me. So that's the truth. The truth is I got cut. From, I showed up. I got fucking cut. Uh, my apologies for the lies. Okay. It's okay. That, so that, that's and, fine. And, and I'm it, not even mad about the lies. And prior to that, I got cut from the Spokane shot. And then my old boss, Charles Bentley, called, got me a workout with uh, the Bears, and they told me, they were like, this doesn't happen. They were like, you owe so much to them. There's no reason we should be working you out. That's what the player personnel director, Dwayne Joseph, said, who's my boy now, and he's going to be a GM eventually, and he's with uh, the Raiders now. So I signed with the Bears. I'm coming off of getting cut three times in one year from two of these way lesser leagues. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in training camp, and uh, I'm with the threes. And you would get – some days I would only get six plays. So everything I did mattered how hard I worked out in the weight room, how hard I finished on air, how, how well I held the bag, 
You know what I mean? Not just my performance. All these little things matter. So I, you know what I mean? I took full responsibility for everything I had to do there because I could get six reps. It's really easy to get a bad grade with six reps. You have three bad plays. That's a 50%, right? Larry Allen got inducted to the Hall of Fame. If you know me, that's, that might as well be my God, right? Besides God. Um, I listened to his speech. And what he said was that he could either get mad or get even. When he got beat, he had 45 seconds to make the decision. You could get mad or get even. So when I get beat, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can get that's my that's my mantra. I can get mad or I can get even. And I'm about to fucking cry talking about this. And that that has uh that is what it, every time. Something doesn't matter on a field, on a mat, in life. I can get mad or I can get even. And even is not like some, uh, in my mind, some dirt, dirty, vengeful, deceitful act. The way, I, I, the way I feel it is getting even is leveling up, right? Because I'm not, you know what I mean? Because in life, when I say that, I'm not trying to get even with somebody that did something egregious to me by doing something egregious back. It just means, hey, I'm going to level up. If someone like uh, fired me, I would go get it. Okay, well, I'm going to go make more money than I made for them. That, just give an example. That's not really true, but you know what I mean? I'm not. I do, with, I do get what you mean. I'm going to get even as a, as a means of they're not even going to be able to view me in that sense anymore because I'm going to be so much above that. Exactly. So it, it's really easy to understand that on a football field. He beat me. I, now I'm going to get even because I'm going to beat him. It. So, uh, and the other thing, I got one more. Let's say uh, there was this guy, Tracy. I pancaked him twice the, the same year in a row. And he said, you took my bike. And I knew exactly what he meant. Uh, Debo yeah. took his bike. So I'd always say that. That's my other thing is we'll take someone's bike. We'll take someone's uh -huh. bike. Like so it. those are my two things. Just. Yeah, just sharing, and I'm always an open book, but just, just so you could kind of reflect on what I say to kind of help people how, why that might work. Well, it works because it has meaning for you. Okay. You just gave me a whole backstory as to one simple phrase, you know, and it, yeah. it has meaning to you, and that phrase gets you back in the focus. And that's, that's the main thing that what we're talking about. We're talking about regaining focus regaining strength, regaining power, regaining a sense of control. It's chaos. Football is a game of chaos. You can find order in the chaos. Yeah, right. We find order in the chaos, and you know what? I got to get even. We got to run it again, run that play again. I'm not going to get beat this time, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's that, – that, that's how I look at it. I look at it, it's, it's – you're just getting your mind right, getting your mind ready to be able to focus again on, on the task at hand. Cause there's so many things we can worry about, man. So I think that innately, we just go right to going hard on ourselves. So having some kind of affirmation that means something to you as an athlete, especially when you're in the thick of it, that's different than a meeting, right? But when you're on the field and you have a bad play, that's going to trigger anxiety. It's going to trigger, I think what anxiety expressed on the field is a, a robotic athlete because they're trying not to make a mistake instead of trying to express themselves. 
Yeah, you know, uh, so I'll share one with you. So uh, junior college, we had one. I had a really good junior college experience, you know, uh, at the JC that I was at, Modesto JC, it was a lot of local guys. So I played with guys that I played games against in high school that, you know, you end up reading in the newspaper about like, oh, they were out here, you know, balling in Modesto or Turlock or these neighboring cities. And all of a sudden we're all, we're all together. They didn't recruit. The junior college didn't recruit. They just take all the local kids. If you're local, come here, come play. We'll, we'll, we'll send you off to another school. And so <clears throat> one of the things that we had was you know, the cadence was just one, you know, you'd break all right, one, but it means one play at a time. We just focus on, Ooh, the yeah. you get beat right, one. We got one more play. One more play. We just focus on Ooh, I like that. right now. That's it. And so all the time, man, even, even if we're on Facebook now, my, my old teammates, you know, we're like, say you see somebody doing something good or like trying to move forward and keep it moving. It's like, Oh, Hey man, I like this. You know, one that, that's like our scene. Yeah. We have that saying, that's a collective saying that we have, you know, from, from football. And it was a team wide thing. It was, so it had meaning because it was a team wide thing and we all knew what that meant. But again, it's the same thing. I could, I could say that in my head one, or if I missed a rep, like squatting, I can, yeah. I can have one more set. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. So like it, when you're playing football, especially if that's what's triggering your anxiety, is like your performance. It's because it, it it matters to you. It's something you love. It's something you want to do good at. So, um, ha, you know, and I, I I even talked to one of my friends that recently retired. I'm like, do you miss it? He goes, no, because I don't have to deal with that anxiety. And in my mind, I'm like, that that's the beauty of it, right? Uh, because you feel that you feel freaking alive. It's like you're it's that lion that's chasing you, and then you just you, you like you said, then you go to the next play, one play, but having something you could tell yourself in between, you could call it a mantra. You could call it an affirmation, especially after a bad play or even a good play. Cause you want to maintain some humility, right? Like if you were to say one after a good play, that means it's just one play. It's, let's go again, pal. We got to do this again. Don't get over. Don't, don't get too much into your feelings. Right. Yeah. But having something like that to tell yourself to just kind of downregulate in between plays and allow you to express yourself athletically and not be a robot because you're not out there being scared. It's hard to be great when you're scared of messing up. Right. So is that, is that safe to say? That is, I got a story now. I'm, I'm going to tell a story. Okay. Uh, spring ball, my senior year, we had the last scrimmage and basically uh, I, I was trying to get that starting. I think they had me playing at right guard for some reason. And they had me in trout like going and they had me, I, I, I was playing like right guard and right tackle yeah, I remember stuff, right? So this is what happened. I got I got so pumped up before the scrimmage, and I, I pancaked uh, – who was this? Uh, Calico. I pancaked him because they, they were oh, – they were yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were saying something. Man, I, I got him. And I got, like – I got too hyped up. And, like, I so I kind of, like – I started, like, my heart was going. And, like, I kind of – you know, like, when you get too high, it can affect your performance. Absolutely. And so that kind of happened to me. And so like what you're saying, like, if you make a good play one, you almost, you want to stay at an even keel. That's how we want to operate. And so I remember for me, I went up, I went up too high. It might've affected me a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, and to that point, like even my mantra, you know, get angry or get even like I got to empathize and have compassion 
that leads to self-awareness. That's what that guy's trying to do, too, that if I just pancaked him, he's trying to beat me, too, so that could keep me even. You don't want to be any. You don't want to be in these extremes, in anything, whether it's too hyped or too scared. Like, you, you, there's somewhere in the middle that that equals performance. Yeah, I think there's one thing we're missing here on this. We also, all these things that we've talked about, it's also always important to debrief. Like, how well did things work for you? And so, like yeah, we've talked about like we've talked about our mantras. Obviously, they've worked for us. Other people might have said some stuff to us. It didn't stick. You know, whenever you're going through this and you're, you're doing the deep breathing, you're doing the relaxation, you know, you've got that, that sheet, you know, there that you're writing your opportunities down, you're writing the good things down. You need to reevaluate and, and see, is this working for me? Is this something that I want to continue doing or do I need to modify it or do I need to throw it away and do something completely different? Because right. I'm not right. feeling it because if you're not feeling it, there's no point in even doing it. If the breathing exercises don't work for you, don't do it. And don't feel weird for it not working for you. Exactly. Strokes exactly. For different folks, man. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is there's a million methods out there to kind of mitigate. You got to find the one for you, which if you don't, if you take anything from this is like, okay, one, be aware of what triggers you and find a way to prep for that trigger. Okay. And then be aware of your thoughts and have a prep for those thoughts. Uh, you know, normally your thoughts are about yourself, right? Th- that I'm talking about, like, oh, you think, oh, I suck or whatever. They just pop. Be aware of these things and have something to prep for them, have something to mitigate them in real time. So whether it's breathing, whether it's pressing into the floor, whether it's squeezing something, you know what I mean? Just kind of explore these things. And then, uh, would you say that the affirmation or having a phrase or something like that, that's still just a method as well, right? It's it not necessary. It might not work for everyone. I view I view it as, as just another method, another tool in the toolbox yeah. to use in this because so, there might be some people that that's not their thing. So that's know? okay. Yeah, and then and then the other thing is make sure you're talking to someone, right? Talking to your your friends, talking to a professional. Seek these things out. Yeah, and I want to underline bold italicize all that speak with a professional right yeah really are having you know experiencing some of these symptoms and characteristics of anxiety or depression man speak to someone speak to someone that knows how to do all this because what we just went through that's something actively you would go through week by week with a professional and you're you're changing things you're tailoring things and that's that's where the real growth happens it's almost like saying yeah, you know, I could go and, and see a personal trainer and, you know, try to get stronger in my squat. But, I, you know, I think I'm just going to watch some YouTube videos. Like, eh, if you if you work with a professional, you're always going to end up getting farther in the long run. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and like, I want to point this out, too. Like, we, th- there's, there's great strength. And as Dr. Looney says, there's a mental resilient gift that comes with suffering. But not, not the suffering, but it's figuring your way out of that. There's no shame in getting help there, though. So, like, you shouldn't have shame that you're, you're suffering inside or whatnot. You're dealing with anxiety and depression because you got to – there is a positive gift waiting for you at the end. But, I, I, I you know, as much as I like the stoic sayings, uh, you, shouldn't, you, you, you shouldn't think you have to do it alone. It's okay to get a professional. But what we're saying is just be aware of your triggers. First off, we're saying – depending on the degree of your depression, anxiety, 
speak with a professional. But then the next thing for you to handle is you, you're aware of your triggers, you're aware of your thoughts, and you have methods to prep you for those triggers, prep you for those thoughts, and you have methods to mitigate them in real time. And uh, you have to have come up with something in uh, real time for performance. So I think to me, the, 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 the saying, the affirmation, the mantra in real time, because you, if you're on a field, uh, there's not many tools at your disposal. Right. You can't. That's why I say just focus on one or two, man. One or two. Right. That, exactly. That's why you can't you can't sit here and be thinking, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? That might make you more anxious. Right. You, yeah. You'll just be more anxious about which one you do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we will be doing this again. Me and Dr. Looney will do, do this again. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more rabbit holes to go down. To. I, I want to get on here and talk to you about the free will eventually. Ooh, I I. Man, that's a that's a fun topic for me, and I uh, I want to read more about that. And that, uh, what's his name? What's the the Stanford? I can't, yeah, I can't. He he wrote the book Why Zebras Don't Get Old. I, I I pre-ordered his book. I think I pre-ordered it. Or I'm no, never mind. I went to pre. It's not up yet, but he's writing a book specifically on the free will. Mm. So, but I think that'd be a fun discussion to talk about because when you look at it from skill, is that uh your decision-making, you have, there's a problem. Your decision-making based on that problem is not necessarily you. It's, it's your experience of everything leading up to that. You know what I mean? So you can almost look at it as that you're, you get trained to think like yeah. that and trained to do certain things. Right. In the athletic world, you know, a quarterback is trained to do, throw the check down throw. Right. Right. In, in life, our traumas, you know, may train us, to ruin those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I I thought that was a good discussion. I hope, I hope everyone could get something out of it. Uh, I think there was some great tidbits from Dr. Looney there. I got something out of it too. And then uh, also not realizing uh, why I, you know what I mean? Something I felt worked for me. Now I kind of understand better why it worked for me. Uh, Well, I appreciate it. Follow Dr. Looney on social media. What's your, what's your links again? He'll hook you up with some ideas on how to brew and everything like that. <laughs> All right. So my Instagram is flame 65. I do a lot of home brewing these days. That's my, that's my self care is, you know, the process of brewing beer. I, I really yeah. enjoy it. And it's, it's I, fun for me. I get to get a little creative, you know, do IPA stouts, you know, some of the other, you know, box and, dunkles you know other things so i think a meditation doesn't always have to just be sitting there in a uh uh meditation posture with your eyes closed maybe it's something like your hobby kind of gets the same outcome right yeah exactly well all right well that was the what are we what did i say was episode 15 episode 14 after that uh give me a like give me a follow share this we appreciate you guys uh, I got some questions. I'll probably knock those out in uh, uh, upcoming uh, quick tips. And we'll get Dr. Looney back on here. I appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Thanks for having me, man.